righteous run therein and they are saved. Would you make sure I'm in the right church? What is the name of the Lord this morning? If you love him, come on, give him one more praise in the place. Hallelujah. God bless you today. Certainly we do honor uh, the spirit of God that we feel so strongly uh, in this sanctuary. And we are just uh, delighted uh, to be in the house of the Lord. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Is that in your Bible? Amen. But this morning when I woke up, I said, I was glad when they said unto me, uh, let us go to greater refuge. And so we are just delighted to be in this place. And I would that you would help me celebrate our pastor, our leader, the Honorable Bishop Michael Fields. Come on, can we celebrate him? Now, come on, we can do better than that. We can do better than that. Come on, we can do better than that. We can do better than that, too. Hallelujah. Amen. Your pastor... I'm not telling you something you don't know, uh, but this this church, uh, its entire history, going back uh, to the late but forever great apostle William Bonner and uh, just the, the things that God has done through this church throughout the years and through Bishop Fields, please know uh, that your pastor is not just known uh, in the D.C. area, in the DMV. Please know, I came all the way from Atlanta to tell you, your pastor is not just known uh, in the halls of our information and the churches of our Lord Jesus Christ, but Bishop Fields is known and respected and regarded throughout the commonwealth of faith. And I think that every chance we get to celebrate our pastor, we ought to take that chance. Amen. We thank God for him. And you can't fully appreciate him without celebrating the one that stands beside him, our First Lady. Can we give God praise for First Lady Fields today? Come on. Come on, I need somebody to make some noise for your first lady. Amen. And certainly to our uh, assistant pastor, give God praise for him. Amen. I'm a, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have a beard like that when I grow up. When I grow up, I'm going to get a beard like that. But all of our elders and ministers and deacons and leaders, uh, whoever you're sitting next to, I don't want them to have an attitude with me. Uh, so just smile at them and tell them I'm glad you're here too. Come on, everybody. Don't come on. Show all 32 teeth, all uh, 28, whatever's in there today. Smile at somebody. Tell them I'm glad. I'm whatever you got, sis. Whatever you got. Amen. I feel at a at a bit of a disadvantage. I just want to begin, and we're headed to Psalm 37. Uh, but I want to begin by apologizing to Bishop Fields for whatever I did wrong. Uh, I don't know what I did, but I must have done something uh, for him to bring my dad first uh, and then bring me not even a, a year apart, you know, just a few weeks ago. So I don't know what I did to, to, to deserve that, Bishop, but I'm sorry. Amen. I, I'll try to I'll not bore you all, but join me in Psalm 37, if you will. Join me in Psalm 37. I'm not going to preach long. Because I know we're definitely going to be here tonight. And I want you to go and get to, to Applebee's or uh, wherever you're going before the Baptist folk get there today. All right. Amen. Psalm 37. It's better when we do it together. So if we're going to stand, let everybody stand. Thank God for the familiar faces that I see uh, out here in the sanctuary. We thank God for you. Psalm 37. If you've got it, shout, I've got it. Look closely. There's one verse I want to preach from on this Recharge Sunday morning. And that is the 23rd verse of the 37th Psalm. With where the Lord says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. 
he delighteth in his way. That's all I need to read to do what the Lord has told us to do. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Father, in the name of Jesus, that saving name, that healing name, that delivering name, that way-making name, that name above every name, Lord, this morning, before we ask you for anything, we thank you for everything. For another chance to be in your house, Lord, we thank you. For the gift of the Holy Ghost, Lord, we thank you. For the power that we find in your name, Lord, we thank you. We ask now, God, that you do something in these remaining moments that a song cannot do. Do something that a dance cannot do. Do something that only the God of glory can do. (laughs) Throw your weight around in this place. He'll save and deliver. We thank you for the victory now. And Satan, since we know you're listening anyhow because you're nosy, we remind you that you're still defeated. I said you're still defeated. You have no authority and you're trespassing in the lives of God's people. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Everybody shout amen. Amen. And amen again. God bless you as you return to your seat. But I just want to invite you to help me preach for a few moments if you don't mind. If you mind, I pray you'll you'll get over it soon. But look at somebody you haven't been talking about this week and tell them, say, neighbor, my steps have been ordered. My steps have been ordered. Brothers and sisters, saints and friends, as we sit here, I begin by admonishing you to never take for granted the gift that God has given you in the form of your church. In these last of the last days, we've been saying it's the last days before I got here, way before my parents got here, they were telling us it was the last days. When my grandparents who were born in rural Mississippi in the 1920s came, they were preaching that it was the last days. But I believe on this morning, December 9th, 2018, now more than ever, I would submit to you that these are not the last days, but these are the last of the last days. And in this particular time in our history and in the state of the church, we see that what God said would happen in his word is being fulfilled Right in front of our eyes. But the word of the Lord declared that there would be a great falling away. The word of the Lord declared that there would be a time when we would call right wrong and wrong right. There would be a time when we lean to our own understanding. There would be a time when we found a way that seemed right to a man. But the end was destruction. As we sit here in this upside down church world, I think that I have to say it again, we at this church must never take for granted the gift that God has put in the form of this church. This city needs this church. I'm not going to say nothing to me, but I'm going to keep on preaching. This community needs this church. Your family needs this church. And part of what makes this church so, so, so rich and so valuable, and I was just so honored to be invited to come and share, but part of what makes this church so interesting is the fact that this church stands with one foot in multiple generations. 
This is a church, and I was talking to Mr. Courtney as I got here, and we came in, and it was just so refreshing because even before we got to the sanctuary in the office and in the hallway that we came down, I told him, I said, this sounds like church. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me in here. I know some of y'all, y'all get spoiled. You get used to something uh, for so long. You get accustomed and desensitized to it. So let me tell you as somebody that's in a different church every week, don't take this for granted because, because it feels like church in here. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Sounds like church. It looks like church. I'm not falling off on nobody else. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at nobody. That's not our flavor. That's not our custom. But I'm just grateful, and I hope I get a witness here, that I can still come to church and feel like I'm in church. Y'all ain't gonna say that to me. I love I love progressive, I love modern, but I still like to go to church where the lights are on. Y'all ain't gonna say that to me in here. Still, still, still like to hear hear an organ every now and then. Still, still like to hear songs that have a choir and folk that clap on the two and the four. Y'all quiet. But, but I was listening, and, and I was listening to the hymn that they started the service with, and I was thinking about how beautiful it was to hear that sound of church and to be able to minister to more than one generation. And I was thinking about uh, the fact that the churches like ours still sing some songs, you know. In, in churches like this, you'll still hear songs that say stuff like, Jesus, I'll never forget. I'm in the wrong one. Jesus, I, I'll, I'll never forget what you've done for me. And they, we, we can sing that till times get better. Then somebody pick it up and say, how can I forget? Y'all don't hear me. What you've done for me. How can I forget how you set me free? How can I forget? Y'all ain't talking to me in here. In these kinds of churches, you'll hear songs that talk about important stuff and things that are necessary. And I, I love I love all the new stuff. I'm a young man. Y'all know that looking at me. I love all the new stuff. But I still think that we need to remember that songs that say stuff like, Oh, the blood of Jesus. And y'all don't hear me. Songs that talk about the fact that that blood will still reaches to the highest mountain. And, and still flows to the lowest valley. That that blood that gives me strength, not just today, but from day to day. We need to be reminded sometimes that that blood will never lose its. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost in here now. We, we, we still need, we still need as progressive as we become. We still need as forward thinking as we are and as seeker sensitive as we have to be in the ways we have to adapt to a changing world and a changing harvest. We, we still need all of that, but we, we still need songs. And I was thinking about one in particular song that said, some of y'all maybe never heard of it, but some of y'all have heard of it. Song that says this, it's more of a prayer request than a song. It says, walk with me, Lord. Lord, walk, walk, walk with me. They said it again. They said, walk with me, Lord, walk with me. Then, then they got real, real desperate and said, while I'm on this, we don't say this word no more, tedious journey. Lord have mercy. Somebody said, I need Jesus to do what? To, to walk with me. And, and I just need you to just touch somebody. I'm not going to preach long. I feel the Holy Ghost right here. Just tell them to neighbor, I need the Lord to walk with me. Tell them, tell them. As, I'm, as I've walked through 2018, I wouldn't have made it if the Lord hadn't walked with me. As I, I've walked through some folks lying on me. I've walked through some folks talking about me. I've walked through some sicknesses. walked through some trouble. And if it had not been for the Lord on my side, 
Mm. Where would I be? I need him. I need him to walk with me. But as I was thinking about this, I'm almost finished. Just stay with me for a few minutes. While I was thinking about this, I said, as great as that sentiment is, hear me, church. I said, the truth of the matter, and I hope I get a witness here, First Lady, is that as bad as we need the Lord to walk with us, the truth of the matter is, we would often be in a much better situation if we didn't simply ask him to walk with us. But if we said, Lord, help me to walk where you're leading me, y'all, y'all ain't going to say that to me here now because sometimes what we do, what we've done in our history is we've been guilty of going the way we wanted to go and then inviting the Lord to change it and fix it and bless it. But what the Lord spoke to me and said to tell the church this morning is that he has ordered our steps and it is our responsibility to get in line with the path and the plan that he's ordered for us. I was was thinking about this and the Lord said I have to tell you that this is often uncomfortable. We might as well tell the truth. This often doesn't feel good. It is it is it is inconvenient sometimes to walk where he leads us because oftentimes he does not lead us the way or the direction that we want to be led. Y'all not saying that to me in here. You might as well tell the truth. You know good and well, sometimes you you would have much rather have gone a different direction. Sometimes you would have much rather planned for your life to go down a different plan. But but he does not always lead us the way that we want to go. If we went the way we wanted to go, we'd never be talked about. If we went, if we went the way we wanted to go, we'd never have pain in our body. We'd never have heartbreak or loss. But, but he does not always lead us the way we want to go but he knows what's best for us and I was thinking about this and praying about it and got to tell you that there are three things I've got to leave with you before we go to dinner and get ready for the second service at five and the first one is when you allow God to order your steps I need you to hear this number one you will not always know where you're going I need you to talk to me in here for a moment because I know I know we don't like that because we are a GPS day and time. You know, you like to be able to put in your phone, put in your car dashboard where you're going. And you like it when the lady talks to you and says in X number feet, in 200 feet, turn left and in four miles, make a right. And, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm the only one that feels like this, but I even use my GPS for places I know how to get. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. I, I look at it and I look at the time it says I'm supposed to arrive and I look at it as a challenge. Y'all pray for me. Uh, but, but we like to be able to know where to go. We like turn by turn directions preachers. We like we like to be able to be in control of what's ahead of us. GPS has gotten so advanced now that it will not only give you directions, it'll tell you where there are roadblocks. It'll tell you where there is a traffic incident. It'll tell you where there are problems on the road. But, but when we're walking down the path that God has charted for us, you might as well just get your mind around the fact that he does not always show you where you're going. I'm preaching right now to some people, if you'd be honest, that have been nervous and confused with God at certain points in this 2018 year because you feel that he's not given you any direction. You feel that God has given you a big 
picture. You feel that God has shown you a end of the journey snapshot. You feel that God has given you an idea and an image of what the finish line looks like, but you have no idea how you're supposed to do what he put in you. You have no idea how you're supposed to build what he showed you, how you're supposed to construct what he put in your mind. You you don't have the ideas for it. You don't have the blueprint. You don't have the strategy. But I want to submit to you that you're in good company because this is where a man in the book of Genesis by the name of Abram found himself. Abram, who we know evolved and became Abraham, father of many nations. Abraham that we look to as the father of the faith. Abraham that we look to as the patriarch of the leading family of God. God who became known to some as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God used this man by the name of Abram and when he called him before there was an Isaac, before there was a Jacob, before there was an Ishmael even, he calls him in his father's house and says, I know that you're comfortable here. I know that you got a good thing going on here. He says, but what I want you to do in verse number one of chapter number 12, it says, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household, here it is, to the land I will show you. Look at your neighbor and just tell him, say, neighbor, the land he will show you. Now, you, you got to look at this critically for a moment and think through this for a moment, church, because what we see here is God is calling Abram. He's calling him and he's saying, what I want you to do is I want you to get out of your comfort zone. I want you to leave your familiar. I want you not just to leave some friends, but I want you to leave your family. I want you, want you to leave everything that you are used to. I want you to leave what represents your stability and your your security and the truth of the matter is a lot of us in here would be all right if God told us we had to leave what we know and who we know and where we came from a lot of us would be all right with that if we were able to say well God I'll leave what I know if you show me where I'm going if you if you just give me a nice plan I can weigh I can weigh the benefits I can weigh the pros and the cons of staying here or going there if you just show me how everything's gonna fall out and pan out I'll be alright. But that's not what God does here in Abram's life because what he says in Abram's life is I want you to get up from everything you know and just start walking. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, God. Wait, wait, hold on. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't think I heard you clearly. You said leave everything and everybody that I know. Leave all of my friends and my family and my comfort zone. Leave my security and my plan B, my plan C, my plan C, plan B and C. You, you want me to leave everything that I know and just start walking? Well, where am I going? Who's going to be there? What What would it look like when I arrive? God said, you ask asking too many questions I'll show you when you get there can I preach to a few real folk in here some of y'all you, you need you, you, you got too many questions for God some of y'all you can't get blessed because you need too much direction and instruction but, but for a few real folk in here that know that God's got something better and bigger than you can I tell you that sometimes you gotta learn how to step out on faith on nothing more than a word from the Lord y'all ain't gonna say nothing in here sometimes God will not always show you where you're going he'll not always 
always show you what's going to happen. He won't show you every valley and every curve. But can I tell somebody that when God orders your steps, all you need to know is that God says my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. But at the same time, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. And they are thoughts of good and not evil to bring you to unexpected end. Can I find some real folk in here that are not too quiet to lift up your voice and just praise God now? Because even when you didn't know where you were going, you had enough faith to say, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. And I'm so glad that I went where he led me. Can somebody just shout for your journey right now? No, I need you to shout better than that in here. Like you know, even though I don't know every up and every down on my journey, I've learned enough to know that if I can go when God says go, I learn that he's going to strengthen me for the journey. I know that he's going to give me what I need. He's going to supply every one of my needs. I need somebody to give God a praise for it right now. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. He said, give me a few minutes. He said, number one, when God orders your steps, I got to tell you that you won't always know where you're going. Yes, Lord. Some of y'all in here now had to fight to get to church today because you're just confused about life right now. You don't, you don't like where you are because you're used to being in control and things right now seem out of control. You don't, you don't seem to be in the driver's seat no more. Your money is out of control. Relationships are out of control. Your health is out of control. But can I tell a shout in here that even when things seem out of control, God is still in control. Hallelujah to God. Number one, you won't always know where you're going. But the second thing I've got to tell you is that when God orders your steps, listen to me, you might get there first. Can I say that again? When, 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 get this, when God orders your steps, you might get there first. Everybody just say first. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this and the Lord said, the Lord said, look over in the sixth chapter of the book of Genesis in verses 13 and 14. And the Bible says that it's here we find these words. You've heard this before. It says, and God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me for the earth is filled with violence and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Then verse 14 is what gets interesting because verse 14 says that God speaks to this man named Noah and he says these words make me an ark. Ah, God has instructed Noah he says I'm tired of looking at the condition of my world. He says this human experiment has gotten on my nerves. He said I'm tired of having to tell folk to do the same thing and to love me and trust me over and over again. I'm tired of people only calling me when they need something. Y'all quiet in here. He says I'm tired of people that want my hand but don't care about my face he said he said i'm gonna hit the reset button on this human experiment and wash this whole first draft away he says i'm starting over but i want you to build me an ark now here's the issue that i have when you look at an history and look at what the scholars have to say they would submit to us that at this point in history it had never rained before hmm. listen to me carefully they would tell you that at this juncture they had never seen rain God had 
built the seas. God had put oceans and lakes in place. But the people had never experienced rain. Now, here comes Noah telling folk that it's getting ready to rain. Wait, 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 Noah. What, what do you mean it's getting ready to rain? I don't know what I mean, but I know that God said that I got to build a boat. I got to build it with this kind of wood. Got to build it to these dimensions. I got to build it according to this blueprint. And I got to preach to y'all and tell y'all to get in this boat because it's getting ready to rain. What do you mean rain? We've never seen rain. I've never seen rain either. But God said, I got to build this boat. I got to build it out of this kind of wood. I got to build it with this blueprint. And I got to preach to y'all and tell y'all to get in this boat because it's getting ready to rain. Noah, you're not listening. What is rain? I don't know what rain is, but God said, I got to build this boat. I got to build it out of this kind of wood. I got to build it according to this blueprint. I got to preach to y'all and tell y'all to get in here because it's getting ready to rain. Look, look up and down your row. Smile at them like they like they like like they're good to see them, glad to see them, and just tell them, neighbor, it's getting ready to rain. Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. No, you ain't saying like I need you to say. Look at somebody like you're not mad at them. You're not jealous of them. You ain't got an attitude with them and prophesy over them this time. And tell them, say, God said it's about to rain. Hey, he said, he said, he said, I got to tell y'all. Yeah, I felt that in my spirit when you said it. He said, I got to tell y'all that rain is getting ready to come. I got to tell y'all we're about to see. Here it is, something that we've never seen before. And I want to ask you all, church, can you, can you imagine the level of ridicule and laughter that they must have extended towards Noah? Because when you fast forward, you realize he wasn't preaching this. There wasn't no three-night revival. This wasn't a one-day extra. This this was years of him working on this project and trying to get folk to come into an ark for something they'd never seen before. And we look at his success rate because at the end of all of this preaching, he couldn't get nobody to get on board but the folk that lived with him anyhow. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me in here. Why? Because there were people around him that could not understand what he was working on. Can you? Can you imagine how helpless he must have felt? Can you imagine how defeated he must have felt? Well, the reason that he felt this way is because Noah was a trailblazer. And can I preach to a few trailblazers in here on this Sunday morning and tell you that trailblazing is always hard. And there's some trailblazers in here now. God has given you a vision that the people around you don't understand. God has given you an idea that the people around you don't understand. He's he's given you a ministry. He's given you a business plan. He's given you a strategy. He's given you a desire that folk around you can't figure out. And, And the problem with being a trailblazer is that you have no template to follow. Can I preach to somebody and tell you that the Lord heard you when you said, God, why is it that everybody else has a mentor? Why? Why is it everybody else has a tribe and a clique and a crew and a circle why is it God that everybody else has a book they can read to show them how to do what to do there's a conference they can go to to show them how to be what they want to be the 
the class they can sign up for to show them how to have what they want to have. But here I am. I ain't got no book. I ain't got no conference. I ain't got no webinar. I ain't got no mentor. Because what I'm working on ain't nobody did it yet. But can I tell a trailblazer that the reason you can't find the trail is because you blazing the trail as you go. I wish I could preach to some real folk in here that would just understand that the reason you had to go through some of the hell that you've gone through is because God is letting you get there first. God's letting you get there before everybody looks and sees what you've been working on and understands it and figures it out. But can I prophesy over somebody that will grab a hold of this word and tell you that just like Noah, they might laugh at you, they may not understand you, they might write you off, they might not get you, they might think you're crazy, but if you just keep on working on your vision there's a day coming where they go look and see why what you've been working on is necessary, I need you just to touch three people and tell them neighbor I'm about to be necessary now you ain't saying like I need you to say it touch somebody else and tell them neighbor I am the solution to a problem now you ain't preaching prophesy to somebody and tell them I'm the answer to a question I've been in a waiting season for years now I've been incubated I've been planted for years but I'm getting ready to emerge and the world is going to need what God put in me can I get you to open up your mouth and just give God a mighty praise for the next 15 seconds like God is making you necessary. Uh, come on, I need some necessary folk in here to shout. I need some necessary preachers to shout. I need some necessary ushers to shout. I need some necessary business owners and entrepreneurs and millionaires in the making to give God praise. Uh, like you didn't understand it, uh, but it's only because God put you there first. Hallelujah to God. I feel the Holy Ghost in here now. I feel the Holy Ghost. I got to tell somebody that some of y'all been working on some all your life. And everything you've been through has brought you to this point. But you're at a point right now where it's getting ready to rain in your situation. Ah, Yes, Lord. One more time. Tell somebody. And if they don't respond, don't sit next to them next Sunday. Don't sit next to them tonight at five. But look at somebody and tell them, neighbor, get ready for your rain. Yes, God. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Tell your money to get ready for rain. Tell tell your family to get ready for rain. Tell our church to get ready for rain. Tell the neighborhood to get ready for rain. Tell that business plan that you let get dust on the cover because you thought God changed his mind. Look back at the things God showed you and tell them, get ready for rain. Get ready, get ready, get ready. 
Hallelujah to God. But then the last thing that I've got to tell you is found in 1 Samuel. It's found in 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, around verse number 19. Because I've already told you that when God orders your steps, not only will you get there first sometimes, not only will you be misunderstood because people don't know how to quantify you, but I also told you that sometimes you gotta go and you don't know where God is taking you. You sometimes gotta leave your familiar and just step out and trust God in hell. But then the last thing that I gotta tell you is found in the 16th chapter of the book of First Samuel. Because the Bible says that there's a man by the name of Saul that's in charge. You all remember Saul, don't you? Saul was the one that looked like a king. He was the one that sounded like a king. Saul was the one that was built like a king. But it did not have the heart of a king. And the Bible, the Bible, the Bible says that God has now released his spirit off of Saul. Look at somebody and say, oh neighbor. Tell him, say, whatever you do. Tell him, say, don't let God take your spirit from you. Y'all ain't saying like I need you to say it. Look at your neighbor and say, oh neighbor. Whatever you do, say, don't let God take your spirit from you. Because this is where Saul was. Saul was in a place now where the Bible says that an evil spirit would come and it would torment Saul. An evil spirit would come and it would mess with Saul. It was so bad, y'all, that his advisors got together and said, what will we do? Because Saul's going crazy and he's still the king right now. So we got to do something to help Saul out. They got together among themselves and said, this is what we'll do. One of them said, I have an idea. They said, there's a young shepherd boy that's out there in Jesse's house. He said, he's anointed to pray. He said if we can bring him in to play his harp, they said the evil spirit will leave from Saul. And this is my whole message here. Because they went to Saul then and said we got a plan. They said there's a young boy that's out in Jesse's house that's anointed to play. And if we bring him in, he'll play the evil spirit out. And this is my message right here. Because Saul looked at the advisors and said the same thing that they're about to say about you. He looked at them and said, bring me David. And I want to tell somebody that knows how to praise God that you're about to go into a season because you let God order your steps where God said that they are about to come looking for you. I need you to grab somebody and shake their hand. Uh, 
and say, Naaman, I don't know who they is, but say, God said that they are about to look for you. Say, there's a vein at the lending office that's about to look for you. There's a vein in the approval department that's about to look for you. There's a vein at the doctor's office with a better report that's about to look for you. And is there anybody in here that can just give God glory? Because you understand that you've been waiting for a long time now. But there's a vein that's in the right place that knows how to bless you. Because you open up your mouth. I said, open up your mouth. I said, open up your mouth. And give God glory. Because your steps have been on. Is there anybody that can give God glory? Because it does not matter where you are right now. You got a word that says, my God is going to order my steps. You may have to walk through opposition. But is there anybody in here that can lift up your voice and still shout? Because I've been through hell. You've been through trouble. You've been talked about. You've been mistreated. You've been lied on. You've gone through hell. But through it all, your testimony is I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And I'm still here giving God glory. I'm still here lifting up his name. Somebody give God praise. I said give him praise. I said give him praise. I got to leave y'all here. I see all that five o'clock. But I need everybody to just grab one more neighbor. Grab one more neighbor. That looks like they love the Lord. Grab one more neighbor. And say neighbor. I don't know about you. But I'm not walking by myself. But say he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I'm his own and yeah though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death say I will fear no evil say his rod and his staff they comfort me and that's why I bless him that's why I praise him that's why I dance. That's why I leap. That's why I run. That's why I shout. Because I'm not by myself. And if God be for me, I want to know who can be against me. Give God your best praise. That's your best place. Like you're going where it leads you. 
like you're walking where it shows you. Like your steps have been ordered. Like your steps have been ordered. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Number one, feel the Holy Ghost. When God orders your steps, you don't always know where you're going. Some of you know, I just wish the Lord would order my steps. You better make sure you know what you're praying. Because when he orders your steps, he does not always give you the whole story at one time. And if you, come on, just be honest, you ought to be glad he didn't show you all of it. Because the truth of the matter is, if he would have shown you everything that was going to go wrong, you would have said, you know what, keep your anointing, I'm fine. You mean I'm going to be lied on by who? No, that's all right, I'll stay right where I am. You mean who's going to leave me? No, I'll stay right where I am. He said, number one, you won't always know where you're going, but you got to leave your comfort zone. You got to leave what's familiar to you. You got to leave what you've always known. Number two, y'all bring it down just for a second. I need y'all to hear me. Number two, not only will you not always know where you're going, but number two, you might get there first. Some of you in here are frustrated because you don't understand why folk don't get it. Some of you are frustrated because you don't understand why people don't understand what you're working on. You don't understand why people don't want to support you, why they're not jumping up on board to get in line with what God showed you. And the truth of the matter is, some of you are working on something that we ain't never seen before. And guess what? Somebody got to be first. Y'all ain't going to say that to me in here now. Why can't it be you? Noah, Noah, Noah was someone who God ordered his steps, but it led him to be a place or to a position of being misunderstood because folk didn't get it. But I tell everybody in here that will receive it. God's about to make you necessary because they didn't understand the ark until the water started rising. But then the last thing is when God orders your steps, listen, they come looking for you. David was minding his own business. And while he was minding his own business, there was conversation going on about him in heaven. So much so that God put him on the mind of somebody in the palace. To the point that they had to say, let's bring him here. God is about to put your name, listen, in the right person's mouth. You hear what I'm saying to you? And when that happens, listen, you ain't got to chase nobody. You ain't got to chase an opportunity. You ain't got to chase money. You ain't got to chase a job. You ain't got to chase a man. You ain't got to chase a woman. God says, I'm going to let everything you need come looking for you. But it only happens if you let God order your steps. Our ministers are coming. We're standing because I'm getting ready to open this altar. For every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. 
Turn it and says, I need prayer that God will order my steps. Some of you in here, the steps that God is ordering are steps right up to the altar. Because for some of you in here, this is your Sunday to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You ain't got to work for it. You ain't got to earn it. You can't, you can't, you can't pay for it. All you got to do is want it bad enough to say, I'm not leaving without it. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is nigh you, even in your mouth. He promised out of your belly would flow rivers of living water. Scripture said it. Some of you, some of you, today is your day for him to order you to the baptismal pool. God, show me what you want me to do in my life. I I need to be baptized in the name of Jesus because that's the name that's got the power to remit sin. And I don't want to end 2018 in the wrong place. Some of you, I'm getting ready to open it up in about 10 seconds. I want you to get ready to move. Don't wait for nobody. Don't let nobody hold you back. You ain't got to wait to see who else is coming. It's nobody but you and God in this moment. If you're here and you say, God, I want you to order my steps. I need to know what to do on the next phase of my career. I need to know what to do in the next phase of my life. I need to know what to do in the next phase of my business. One, two, three. I want you to come now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come, 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 come. Come on, let these ministers start praying with them. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, ushers, let them go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Get to this altar, get to this altar, get to this altar. Get to this altar, get to this altar, get to this altar. Send your anointing. Father, I pray. Father, I pray. Please, oh.